If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Our guest today is Rebecca Jenkins. Rebecca's an all-round horse person who coaches, trains and competes. She does a bit of a combination in both World Cup show jumping as well as show horse. How are you, Rebecca? Very well, thank you. And yourself? Good, good. Now, Becky, we normally start off with a favourite quote. What have you got for us? Okay, well, I have to say I'm torn between two and coming from two different people in my life that have played an important role uh, and very inspirational people. The first being Vince Corvey and perfect practice makes perfect. Okay. And the... um, the second one I got when I was training in Europe with a man called Albert Vaughan who won a silver medal at the Games in Sydney, and his was obstacles are what you see when you take your eye off the goal. Okay, okay. I think both of those, and I don't think you're the first one that's used Vince's perfect practice. Probably not, no. I think there's a lot of people that have that in their bag of tricks. Yep. Yes, yes, and he's also influenced quite a lot of people too. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the man yeah. the man was a genius. Yes. Um yes. and his knowledge will be greatly missed by numerous people. Yeah. Yeah. And the one about the obstacles with um Albert, I think that's a good idea as well. And one it's applicable to horses, but particularly show jumping. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. And I, and I think a little bit in life as well, you know, yes. you you lose sight of where you want to go and what you want to do and you know, things can go astray. Yep. Yep, yep. Now, I know that you had some very early memories with horses. I think both your parents rode. Yes. But can you tell me about one of your early memories? You know, something that happened, something you learned? Oh, look, something very, very early on. I think my first rider class being old enough to ride at Melbourne Royal. And then I went on the Shetland and my paddle rolled. And I remember not being upset. I was mad. And I proceeded to yell at my mother from the middle of the arena at Melbourne Showground, <laughs> screaming, ah, my paddles rolled, my paddles rolled, and rode out of the arena across the track and have um, them fix me, fix my saddle up and send me back out. And the heat for the rider class had finished. And I proceeded to ride up to the steward and the judge and say, excuse me, my paddle rolled. You didn't get to see me. Can I have another go? Oh, and no. I did get another go. It didn't help me any, but I still have. I um, remember, yeah, not being upset. I remember being mad um, that it had rolled and I wanted the situation fixed very, very quickly. <laughs> and what a kind judge then if they've allowed you to have very, another go. Very, you know? kind judge. B- busy to, uh, schedule like a royal show. It's it's quite yeah, busy. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, was it... Um, always that you were going to have a career with horses or did you do something else on your way to having a career with horses? Um, look, I wasn't very great. I didn't like school very much yep. um, and didn't certainly finish school. Not that I'm recommending that to um, anybody. 
but I was very fortunate because it was our family business horses, so it was like leaving school and doing your doing an apprenticeship. So mm-hmm. um, for me, yeah, horses have always been where I wanted to go and, and my like and my passion. So, yeah, I was very lucky that mum and dad were already in the industry and, and could guide me to doing what I needed to do. Yep, yep, yep. What about people, you know, and thinking about yourself, if you were going to put someone on as staff, what do you think they need to do? Say they're straight out of school, you know, or fairly young. They don't have to be straight out of school. But what sort of core skills or character traits do they need? Core core skills are not afraid of hard work um, because working in the horse industry, it's not a it's not a job. It's a lifestyle, and and it's a very hard lifestyle, and it's, and it is not for everyone. You know, you spend long hours, early mornings, late nights. You know, sometimes in the wet and the cold, and and you know, sometimes it's not very fun. And when you're starting out, generally you are at the bottom of the pile. You have to start by picking up poo and sweeping and washing rugs and washing horses and and those boring, which some people find is a boring, tedious job. But that's all part of it, and it's all learning. And um, the more time you can spend with a horse, the more you can understand the horse, and the more you can understand a horse the better you can work with them and get them to do things that you want them to do. Yep, yep. So you've got not afraid of hard work. Is there anything else? Um, well, not being, um, you know, not being afraid of someone being the boss and telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. If you've made a mistake, you've made a mistake, own up to it and move on. Yep, yep. Okay. What do you think then is the best thing about working in the horse industry? I think the best thing about our industry is the fact that you can meet the most amazing people from all over the place and you can have lifelong friends that you might only see once a year, but they're always only a phone call away. Um, When the chips are down, the horse world rallies together and looks after each other. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty nice place to grow up doing, yeah. yeah, going to shows and being around people that like that like horses and, and share your passion and interest. Yes, yes. And it is a shared passion and interest, isn't it? It is. It's not yep. just something that's a bit of a passing phase. People that work in the horse industry are there because, because they like the lifestyle and they like the things that yep. are there and, and usually stay there. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's just something that... Once it's in your blood, it's something that is very hard to take out of your blood. <laughs> okay. Now, you talked about Vince Corby, Albert Bourne. What, anyone else that you think has really influenced you that you'd like to talk about? Oh, there's been numerous people along my journey of life and, and my horse industry that, you know, I, I have learned things from. And I do like to say that you'd be open-minded to learn something from anybody, um, whether it be a, a show horse person or a dressage or an eventer, there's all, everyone has their own tricks of the trade and, you know, if you're open-minded to learning new things, you can sometimes come away with some really handy information that, you know, you can file it away in the databank for some point in time that you just might need yep. something. Um, as for writing, 
say people like I admire and, and look up to Vicky Roycroft for all her achievements in yes. in her life. And, and fortunately, I have had the chance to train with Vicky and and um, happily I can call her one of my friends and my little girl loves Vicky to pieces yeah. and, and and Vicky always has the time of day for for us and, and yeah, feel very lucky and, and also had lessons with David Dobson. Um, as a young rider, I had lessons with Jenny Shepherd um, in our young rider squad in Victoria. And on another level, my mum is very inspirational to me. She had a stroke when I was 12. Um, and as a child, I didn't appreciate what she went through to make her recovery. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got older that I realised how determined she was as a person when they told her she'd never walk again, let alone ride again. And she said, well, that's not going to happen. And, you know, she went and had the stroke in February and rode at Adelaide Royal in September and World Cup then. Wow. And, and, and I had no appreciation for it at the time. But as I got older, I've realised that it was pretty darn amazing that she could pull herself up from being totally paralysed down one side and say, I'm not going to let this beat me. So if I could have half her determination in my life, I'd be pretty happy. Has anyone done any, like, used her in any research? I mean, that's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure. She did a few studies. They could never work out why she actually had the stroke. Mm. But it's the recovery. So, you know, it's it's got to be her, her very strong mindset and recovery. Oh. Yeah. Amazing. Like she came home for a weekend visit and couldn't walk and she walked back into hospital on the Monday and the nurses stood there clapping at her and said, you know, what have you done? She said, well, I played with horses and I picked up shit. Wow. And they were absolutely horrified that she had done it, but it was what she knew how to do and and it's what helped her come back. Mm -hmm. I just wonder, you know, like you're saying about the whole um, not being afraid of hard work and everything, but, but hard work's just physical. You know, and yes. to be, because she would already, when she had the stroke, she would have had to be fairly fit and fairly oh, yeah, physically she fit when fit. she had it, mm. you know. So that's got yep. to be the, you know, part of the road to recovery and also just the sheer mindedness and determination that she probably yeah. would have picked up being in the horse industry. Mm, that's exactly right. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah. a mental toughness being in the horse industry as well that, you know, yeah. you can't yeah. let a bad day or bad results shape what happens forever? You know, it's you, you get a bad review, you know, a bad dressage score, or you get a hack judge slams you. Well, that's okay because if as long as at the end of the day you are happy with what you and your horse did, that's all that matters. And yeah. and yes, there's always room for improvement, but you've got to be happy in your own skin and 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 be comfortable that you can accept people that do and don't like what you do or you don't do. Yes, yes, yes. I think so. And no one is ever going to like you 100% of the time. You're never going no. to get 100% of the people that like you 100% of the time. It's never no, going to happen. absolutely. Yep, yeah. No. So I suppose you've just got to move on, haven't you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You only need to get 51% like you and you're, you're sort of in there with a, with a win yep, rather than it. 49%. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Becky, tell us about a horse that you think has influenced you the most in your career. I'm sure you've had a few, but um, who do you think, if you're going to pull one out, who's influenced you the most? Look, I've been very fortunate. I've had lots of horses in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Starting with you know, the pony who saddle rolled at Melbourne. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> right. Um, and look, my first proper horse that mum and dad bought me when I was 11 turning 12 was a horse called Don Lunn. And Dad bought him off one of our clients, 
um, one of his shoeing clients, and um, she wanted to buy a car, so we bought the horse. And I remember the first show I rode at was on the lawns of Parliament House in Canberra, and I went in the junior. And I, at the time, John Fay's two boys, Nick and Tim, were the best junior riders in the country, and I was trying to chase them against the clock and was nowhere near fast enough at that stage in my life and my career, but having a go. And I went through the finish flags and I couldn't stop. And I went round and round the arena, which felt like an eternity in the next minute. I headed at the bunting thinking, oh, well, he'll stop at the bunting and I can end this. And he jumped out of the arena. And I was mortified, embarrassed, um, never riding again, horrified. And so a few of the elite riders looked at my dad and said, oh, Robbie, you can't do that to her. He'll he'll kill her. He's like, no, no, I've just got to bid him up enough that she can hold him and she'll be fine. (laughs) And he turned out to be, well, in my eyes, he was the best thing since sliced bread. Um, He went, carted me through all my juniors, my young riders, and started me in my first World Cup at Melbourne show when I was 18. Oh, wow. And, and you know, he won a lot of juniors and young riders, and he was my first senior horse that I rode at Royal Shows. Um, never actually got placed in a World Cup, but... How big was he? What's, what size? He was only 15 too. Okay. He was, yeah, this little mismade. You wouldn't buy him as a type. He was mismade upside down, back the front creature, but he had a heart the size of an ox and would jump anything I headed him at. Yeah. And um, and he gave me so much confidence and and belief in that I could do it and do anything. Yep. And um, yeah, he was a gem, and then I gave him to two of our students after I'd finished with him, and he finally broke down and retired after he jumped at sixteen Adelaide Royals. Wow. Um, and he finally died at Mum and Dad's place at the age of thirty-two. So, wow. um, you know, he was very special. Yeah, so probably I'd have to say he probably shaped me because he was the first horse that I jumped around big tracks on and and gave me the confidence to do it. Yep, yep, yep. What do you think your proudest moment's been? My proudest moment is probably not horse-related. My proudest moment is having my daughter. Okay. I should have said proudest moment with horses, shouldn't I? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Although is, she the, is she the one that you've got the pony for? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's the yeah. one that rides, and, yep. and so it's it's lots of fun. Yes. Um, my proudest horse moment, probably winning the Australian Championships mm-hmm. as a young rider. Yep. It was a very special moment. The horse that I rode was called Batman, um, was ridden by mum, dad, and myself at various times in his life, and he was owned by very dear friends of ours, and he had done a tendon 12 months to the day, and it was the last time we was, he was going to be given to a junior rider after that day. So he ha- I hadn't jumped him in the ring for 12 months, and I came in the ring and I won the Australian Championships wow. on him. And then I gave him to um, Matt Williams, who has gone on to go to the Olympic Games and the World Championships, yep. um, and who's based overseas now. And Matty had him for a few years and got leading junior riders on him at Royal Shows as well. So... It just goes to show, you, you know, you need a really good schoolmaster, though, to get started. Yeah. You know, if you've got that good schoolmaster get started, it helps you along, doesn't it? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Someone to yeah. show you the ropes. Yeah. You've still got to do the work. It's not all, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, just go and buy a schoolmaster nice and that's it. Yeah, to have yep. 
yeah, a partner that that knows a little bit more than you do that yes. then you know can make your job when you're learning a little bit easier. Beck, what do you think has been your biggest challenge then along the way? Oh, biggest challenge. Oh, there's numerous challenges in life, <laughs> um, especially when it comes to horses. Um, some days, you know, the motivation is hard. Some days it's a juggling act between coaching, family life, husband, daughter, um, trying to ride myself. Um, that sometimes is, is a big challenge. Yep. Oh, look, I had a stage where I had a couple of horses that wouldn't jump flat water in big classes. That was a big challenge to try and nut that problem out, and that was very challenging for a very long time. And sometimes hindsight's a wonderful thing that maybe some problems possibly you shouldn't try and tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, nothing specific comes to mind as as my biggest challenge as such. What do you say though for people? who do have challenges, you know, because everyone's going to have challenges. Is this where the, oh, ob- the obstacles are what you see when, um, what do you say, but when the goals aren't clearly defined? Or when the like obstacles that? are what you see when you take your eye off the goal. Okay. So if yep. you, you know, if you believe that, oh, well, I can't go to that show for whatever reason, okay, life sometimes throws curveballs at you and you can't. But more so I think like if you think, oh, no, I can't jump that course then no, you won't because mm. you are in the wrong mindset to do so. So it's it's a matter of breaking it down mm. and looking at the bits that you go, well, I can do this, I can do that part of it and, and put it all together and then, look, there you go, it works. It's when people throw their hands in the air and go, I can't, before they've actually analysed and, and thought about it. Yep, yep. So what advice do you give them? Someone says, I can't, what do you say to them? Well, a few different things, like, well, why do they think they can't is, you know, well, why? Yep. Yep. And sometimes because they're frightened or or they think they're horse or they think they're not good enough or, or I'm at this amazing venue at this big show and there's all these people around me and, you know, I've got um, one girl that I teach that she really struggles with her nerves and gets very frightened about the whole thing. And I constantly keep reminding her, well, why do you ride? She said, I love it. I said, well, there's your answer. Mm. You love it and you want to do this. You've just got to push through that fear sometimes to go, I can do this. And and the little steps along the way. That, yep. that it's not the the whole daunting big picture of, Oh my God! This is I'm at the show and there's all these elite riders there. Well, I'm here because I've paid my entries and I want to be here, so I am going to ride my horse and I am going to do the best job I can do. And more times than not, it does work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, put on your coaching cap and think about bringing on young riders. What's a common fault you see when riders are starting to jump? A common fault. I do have to say that sometimes I think people get lazy. Yep. Um, that they half-bake, oh, yeah, that'll do. Well, every every time you ride, you should try and make it a learning, a positive, um, a training experience so that then things that don't come naturally to you as a rider, like when you're riding, of course, you've got to think about what you're doing to practice those things to make them become natural for you so then when you get in the ring it makes your job much easier to to do those things mm-hmm. and setting realistic goals like you know I'm sure if you ask 
any eight-year-old that's a you know, want to be equestrian. What do you want to do? I want to go to the Olympic Games. Well, yes, that is an amazing long-term goal, but maybe you need to scale it down a little bit and and work out the steps how you get to the Olympic Games, not that I'm going to the Olympic Games. Yep. Yeah, goal setting is something that's very important, and, and I know myself with all my horses, I set goals where, where I would like them to be at various stages or at certain shows what I would like them to be able to achieve. Um, and I find it's and, it, and it's not that it's set in concrete that you go well. That's what I have to do. Well, if it's not going according to your plan, you can always change your goals. But to have a a bit of a where you want to go is, I think, a very important thing. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. What about then, you've said that that's something that you see going wrong, and we talked about just young riders. Does that go through with more experienced riders, adult riders, professional riders? Oh, absolutely. And I think sometimes that when some of the professional riders, and, you know, they're very successful and and very good, that you can get a bit complacent or a bit, oh, I don't have to try so hard because it comes easy for me. Mm -hmm. But... I think we can always constantly keep improving ourselves. So got to constantly keep putting in the effort. Yep, yep. Okay, now what about, have you got a book that we can you can recommend for the listeners? That I'd have to say, nothing specific. I'm not a big reader myself. Mm-hmm. There are lots of books out there, but it's a bit like, you know, taking bits from different trainers. So I'm sure... Multiple books out there. You know, George Morris has a couple. There's a there's a book, a really good one, Grids and Exercises, and I do have that one, and I have read that one. I'm not Sorry, sure what's that one? The, that the one. last one you said? It's about grids, grids and little oh, exercises. Okay. Is that like a um, hundred and one show jumping exercises? Yeah, that one. You know, yep. that that's quite a good one for for exercises, and and I think sometimes the biggest thing is to ask people. You know, ask ask people that you look up to. You know. What do you do for a horse that you know might be a little slow in front, or, or a little ho- a horse that just doesn't quite reach its combinations? And ask the people that that you admire that do it, because they've all would have faced the same problems that you're facing. Yep. Sometimes, yeah, hands-on knowledge is the best answer, I think. Okay. Now, what are you looking forward to now? What What have you got on your calendar for next year? Um, well, for, well, I've got to get through this year first. We've got. Um, <laughs> I should have said the rest of the year, year. shouldn't I? And next year, yeah. <laughs> yep. in the Elysian, next twelve months, yeah. um, in Elysian in the next two weeks, yep. um, which is a, a, one of the biggest shows in Australia. It has horses coming from all over the country to come to this show. Very fierce competition and and great jumping and great prize money. Yep. And all our ag shows up here, and then. Brisbane Royal, and then somewhere in there I'm having a second baby. <laughs> Have you got a month then, or anything, your time you're due? In August, in okay. 20th of August I'm due. Yep. So um, so Brisbane Royal's in August. Are you riding at Brisbane Royal? No, no, I've okay. stopped. I'm I just still riding wondered. at home now. I stopped <laughs> competing. I, I started competing at Sydney Show and then it all just didn't feel right, so I tapped my hat and said, okay, I'm done for now, and Fortunately for me, my husband's a very good jockey, so he could just pick up the ride on my horses and, and keep going. So I just am the coach and the spectator and the groom for the next few months. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Yeah, planning on being back for the Oz Champs in November, um, down at Bonio in Victoria, and then, yeah, Equitana, Adelaide, three days for the World Cups, and um, then the yeah the World Cup shows in Victoria to finish off the year, I would think. Okay, that's going to be a pretty busy year for you, and I love the way that yeah. you had about 10 horse things and said, oh, but in there somewhere I'm going to have a baby. You're such a, a horse baby. person. Yeah, that, that's yeah. about how it works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sort of fit it all in. It sounds like um, yeah. your baby's a bit like you were, you know, when you were working in a horse family, in the family business, and um, yep, you just fit in. Yep. Mm, and and yeah. our daughter is exactly the same. She's, yes. She went to her first show at seven weeks of age, <laughs> hasn't stopped going to shows. She comes to copious clinics and... Um, I'm sure she could stand on the sidelines and do my job. She's heard us repeat it that many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just in a few sentences, can you summarise your philosophy with horses? Think horse. Always think, oh, my horse won't do this. Well, think, why won't my horse do this? Mm -hmm. And more times than not, if you can think why the horse won't do this, you can nut the problem out and find a solution for it. Yes, and if you're thinking like a horse... And thinking why, then um, that whole communication becomes a lot better and a lot clearer, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, how can people contact you? Um, Facebook or contact me on my mobile yep. or via email. Yep. 0419 yep. 594016. Yep. Or else those details will be on your page, which will be horsechats.com slash Rebecca Jenkins or go to horsechats.com, search for Rebecca or search for Jenkins. Okay, wonderful to talk to you today. Um, I'd love to catch up with you later on in the year when you're sort of fitting everything else in, you know, all these horse things, yep. having a baby, chat on horse chats, you know, just sort of <laughs> Thank you very slip much. it in. Yeah, that's okay, Beck, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much. Lovely to talk to you. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 